Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to Nobody Likes Casey McLean. This is Casey McLean and I am recording this live to digital recording from my hotel room in Spokane, Washington. I've been here uh, since Friday. I left I left the morning after Thanksgiving and that was tough. I will admit that was tough for the sake of my wife and my family. I must admit that was tough. It was tough. It is true. It was tough. And uh, I guess the the there is a name for that day. It's called Black Friday. I left that day. I, didn't, I did no Black Friday shopping at all. Um, flew to Spokane. And uh, it's the first time I've been in Spokane in a long time. I had so many shows that I couldn't really see like my family that lives out here. And so um, I've been able to like kind of experience downtown Spokane. First off, let me plug, let's plug some dates. What are we doing here? If you're listening to this, please come see me headline uh, airport tavern, December 1st. It's a Wednesday. I do airport. That's by the way, it's if you're listening to this episode, when it comes out, it's tomorrow. It's free admission. Come out, come on out. Um, you can make reservations at Eventbrite. If you don't want to give me your information on Eventbrite, that's fine. I understand that. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and just show up. They've been showing the shows in the lobby now, so I'd like it if people sat in the showroom. But if the showroom fills up, don't worry. There's the, not the lobby, the bar, <laughs> the primary income source of the of the venue. And then December fifth, I'm headlining Tacoma Comedy Club. Pretty exciting. And then uh, one more local date that I have, big date coming up, January 21st, Gabriel Rutledge and I are testing our marketing abilities, and we are going to go, uh, we're going to go do North Bend Theater in North Bend, Washington, and we're going to put, we're putting some financial risk into this bad boy, so you better come out. If you live in that area, if you know someone that comes, or that lives in that area, you better tell them to come out, because... Gabe's amazing. Gabe's one of the best comics in the country. It's going to be an incredible show. It'll probably be just us, but uh, I'll be doing um, I'll be doing some material that I'll probably be doing some new, some old, and Gabe will be doing some new and some old. But it'll be very fun. January twenty first. I think it's a Friday. I think it's a Friday. It might be a Saturday. You look it on. You look on your calendar. You'll know. I don't have to know. You. That's the thing as a comic. You don't really need to know what day of the week it is if you're not traveling there. Um, like not traveling via, if you're not spending the night there really is the, the thing. Okay. So I had a good Thanksgiving. Um, 
and maybe at some point I'll talk about a little bit more about Thanksgiving, but uh, it was fun. I smoked four turkey breasts. I roasted a turkey. By the way, if you're someone who's intimidated by uh, Thanksgiving, I fully understand. It's a lot of work. I had a big group at my house. I had 22 people at my house. The, that's easily the largest group of people that I've ever cooked for. And uh, um, first, I mean, I will say this. The smoking the turkey really made it possible to cook for that many people because we, we got the biggest turkey we could find. It was 22 pounds. And that wouldn't have been enough for 22 people, I don't think. I made the most mashed potatoes, the largest pot I have. I made uh, mashed potatoes in that pot. I made the largest stuffing, the you know largest pot I had, that amount of stuffing. And then people brought stuff, and we had a couple pies and so much wine and fun and, and uh, beer flowing and cocktails and all the stuff. It was, it was really cool. It was fun to be, you know, kind of... I think we're like, I can't tell if we're pulling out of normal or pulling out of this like abnormal last couple of years just out of apathy or, uh, or not even like, not even apathy, but like just exasperation or if things are actually getting better. But anyway, it was nice to have everybody there. Uh, so then the next morning we like, you know, clean up as much as we can. I have to help my wife, wife as much as I can, but I did, we did FaceTime today and there's still like, there's some like tables that are too heavy for her to carry that we brought into the house. So she's just kind of living in the ruins of Thanksgiving a little bit, which I feel a little bit bad about, but, um, I came out to, I came out to Spokane to open for JP Sears and <coughs> I like, uh, JP Sears is a very nice guy. I would say that his crowd is the most conservative crowd that I've ever performed in front of multiple times. And we've now done so many shows. Uh, I did two shows with him in Everett, Washington. And now I'm on, as I record this, we have a one thirty show today. I'm recording this about 11 in the morning, Sunday morning. I have football on behind me. So I will be cutting this short so that I can watch a little bit of football before our one thirty show. But yesterday I got so, uh, we have just, I'm spending nine hours at the comedy club because he also does a Q and a after the show. So each show takes up like a three hour block. So I'm spending nine hours at the comedy club. And at one point I'm, I'm going to show my shirts that I pitch for merch and I fucked up. <laughs> I didn't, I hadn't told the joke yet. So then I had to like tell the joke. It was, it was very fun, but I, uh, it was fun. I made it fun. I made the crowd laugh about it, but it was like, fuck, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess like I've always felt this way about, um, like I have a couple jokes that have like racial elements to them, like references to race. And I'm like pretty adamant that if I can't do that joke in front of the people I'm talking about, then it's a joke that I think there's a problem with. Like I'm hiding it from people who might be offended by it. Similarly, I think like um, jokes about gender and sexuality, say, 
you might I might uh it's it can be uncomfortable for sure to try to tell that in front of a like a woke college crowd. And I think there's a challenge to that to like let's make these jokes so good that they work for the people who you thought might be offended by them. And similarly, I want my jokes to be I want my jokes to be for conservatives also. And so I'm not political on stage at all. Um, I've said this many times, but I would hope that by the time I get off stage, the audience actually doesn't know who I voted for. And I think like at a liberal show, they, people tend to come up to me and talk to me as though, uh, as though we are both liberals and at a conservative show, they come up and talk to me as though we are both conservatives. They do think that I'm touring with JP Sears, which is not true. I have done a couple dates with him, but. A lot of people have stopped by and they're like, where are you going with JP next? And it's like, it's actually really funny to me that very often comedy audience members want to know, like, where are you going next? I don't understand how that information is important to them. Uh, it's, it's just like small talk. It's just to be polite, I believe. And that's fine. I'm not, I don't hate these people for that, but it's pretty, <clears throat> what are you going to follow me on tour like fish or uh, the grateful dead anyway um yeah i had a lady yesterday she's like you voted for trump you voted for trump you voted for trump we all voted for trump right and i was like oh no i voted for kanye actually which is just who i wish that i voted for i didn't actually vote for kanye and then she's like oh really and i was like yeah i voted for kanye and she's like oh didn't kanye change his name and i was like no i think you might not know who kanye is uh but yeah, I think like, again, I want the jokes because the jokes aren't, my jokes aren't like hateful. They're not, um, I think the other thing is, I think that they can be like challenged. They can challenge the audience a little bit, which is fun for me to like go like, yeah, you're going to get on board with this. You may not like, I have a joke and it's out there, but it's a, it's about how babies are stupid. And I've noticed this weekend that the line every baby is stupid is not a popular line. <laughs> that joke takes some convincing. The, uh, I did one night. I, I did the, uh, oft talked about one show. I did the, I'm trying to, that's the other thing is because I'm headlining these shows next week. I'm trying to work through as much of my material as I can to make sure it's like sharp for next week. So I've been doing these two jokes that I sell merch on. And then after that, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, trying to like mix up the next eight minutes. I've closed on like, we've done six shows. I think I've closed on five different jokes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm a good enough comedian that I have five jokes at least that can work as closers. That's right. That's right. Um, anyway, I did the, I did the oft talked about ass eating joke. And again, it's like, these so sometimes that's like an uphill climb right but again i want the jokes to be good enough that even people who don't like the premise who feel uh bad laughing at the premise or who like actually do not like the premise they come around and they realize like the absurdity of what i'm saying or whatever it is that there's not hate that i don't actually uh think every baby is stupid that i don't well i do actually not think eating asses i think we should stop that we got to end that 
That's my very, very uh, woke opinion on ass eating. And so it's been a, it's been a fun challenge. And it's been uh, JP Sears is a very, very nice dude. Um, he's got these crowds are all like very fun and they don't seem, I mean, again, like, are they hard to offend? Yes and no. They're, they're hard to offend with like the things that don't offend them, but they certainly don't like everything that maybe like a more liberal audience would like. They are, I, but one thing I will say about conservative audiences and I don't know that the people coming to a J.P. Sears show uh, share the same sentiment in the hours that they are in the club. Because when they, they come to J.P. Sears, not because it's a comedy show. They come because it is J.P. Sears. And so they expect a certain brand of comedy. And I may be like a little more on just the traditional stand-up side, not talking about politics, not talking about conservative talking points at all. And... uh I think that they, but overall, I think conservatives get liberal comedy bashed over their head if they're comedy fans and they take it. And so I don't think that's, uh, you know, I know some people who are like probably right a center who are fans of mine who are come see me do comedy. And I, I, uh, commend those people for like coming and you like inevitably they will have to hear some shit that they disagree with and not get angry about it. So, I don't know. I don't know what the point of this is. <clears throat> I'm enjoying being in Spokane, though. It's So, it's kind of cool because I'm in Spokane. It's this, like, I'm in downtown Spokane, which Spokane is like, I already like Spokane a decent amount, but downtown Spokane is actually, like, very cool. It's like a very actual city environment. And it's kind of like an old town, too. And so, you know, you're like walking through these streets and there's like these historic, I'm staying in a historic building. There's, uh, I did have a moment, by the way, my, I, when I arrived, I'm staying in the, uh, the Davenport Grand Hotel, room 1253. You can't find me. I'm not there anymore when you're listening to this room 1253, baby. Uh, it's. It's a really nice hotel. It's probably the nicest hotel room I've ever stayed in. But <clears throat> my complaint is that the Davenport, so I thought the Davenport was like a boutique, like, oh, we're going to the Davenport. That's the Davenport. What I found out is, and thank God I rented a car, by the way. I was get my plan was to just Uber everywhere. Thank God I rented a car because my first move Oh, hold on. I got to pause this because my wife is calling. All right, we're back. Uh, what was I talking? Oh, this uh, Davenport Hotel. So I showed up. I'm so glad I rented a car because I showed up at the Dav- what I thought was the Davenport Hotel. And it turns out it is the Davenport Hotel, but it's the Davenport Tower. Uh, I showed up there and they were like, oh, actually, you're at this other hotel of ours. And then I was like, the the valet guy, he's like... Oh, are you at the other one? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, it's, if you go here, it's right on the left. And then I go in there, by the way, unload all my shit. This is my second. This is the similar, this is a similar story to my, uh, Lincoln City thing. I'm now realizing 
I'm a, I'm a little bit snake bitten with hotels right now. So I show up at that, take all my stuff out, go in, get ready to check out. And they go, Oh no, you're actually at this other hotel that's even further down the street that belongs to them. So that was, um, that was a little bit annoying not that it wasn't the biggest deal i had plenty of time everything worked out fine it's a great hotel room it's a great location it's so close to the club i'm very thankful i am uh this is a very fun first off this has been a very profitable weekend that's uh i'm thankful for that and i do have the rule that every dollar made doing comedy is worth many more dollars than a dollar made doing like a straight job a day job so I do value it like crazy. And um anyway, so the uh the show's been good. By the way, I was gonna record on multiple occasions I tried to record an episode for I guess it would have been Thursday or the prior Thursday. I think we're it was back to like a once a week schedule for the last two weeks. And maybe I mean who knows? I'm not I uh I I would like to keep doing it twice a week. I had there was like a weird spike in listenership and then now like a drop off. And so I do think there's a thing where doing it too often bothers people for some reason. Just just skip them. Just skip them everybody. It's okay. I, so anyways, I've been walking around downtown Spokane and it's uh man, I'm bouncing around badly. Here's the reason I didn't put out I I three times tried to record an episode where I talked about the Kyle Rittenhouse case. And here's what I'll say. Uh, from the moment I saw the video, to me it seemed like there was going to be at least a pretty good legal case for self-defense. In contrast, there was going to be, I think like the Ahmaud Arbery case, there was going to be a much worse case for self-defense. And that's how it ended up. is the In the Ahmaud Arbery case where three men it's like i think people have i've heard some people call it a modern lynching and i think that's and i, I might have said something different on the podcast when it happened but i do think it's like pretty accurate and those men all three men got convicted of there were like nine charges for each man and one guy got all nine one guy got eight and nine and one guy got six and nine but these guys are going to spend I think the rest of their their meaningful lives in prison and good. The Kyle Rittenhouse one was a little, I mean, I think a lot more nuanced, obviously. And you can hate, I think you're like, it's fine to hate the, um, to hate the fact that he came to the protest, that he and many other people felt compelled to protect businesses, that he was armed and that was legal, I think is, uh, and it was legal, by the way. Like, I think that the reporting on this has been pretty, pretty damn bad, but it was technically legal for him to have that rifle. Um, and, and that is why the charge got dropped. Also, the judge in that case seems like a fucking buffoon for sure, but <sighs> I just didn't think that I was like, one, it wasn't funny. What I was saying wasn't funny. That's There's no doubt about that. And also, it is sad. It's fucking, no matter how you look at it, it's sad. So I didn't, I was never happy with what I recorded. And so I never, I decided not to put it out. Um, 
I do think it is very funny that Kyle Rittenhouse days later went on Tucker Carlson and said that he supports the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. That was very funny. To that's got to be ripping fucking brains apart on the right. But um, anyway, that's why there was no episode. Now I'm in downtown Spokane, and it's really cool. But it's also like one thing that's cool about it is this is like a hundred year old city that's not super densely populated. And there's actually not a lot of people that live downtown. And so it's this just like cool old town. Everything's old. The architecture is from like, you know, early 1900s, late 1800s. Very beautiful. At some point, and maybe actually at some point in the future, I think people thought that Spokane would become like kind of a business hub. And I think they're, I mean, I think it's headed that direction. I think there's a lot of people moving over here because it's so, it's free to live here compared to where I live. And so they, uh, it's been very, it's like a, and it's also been kind of like rainy. It kind of reminds me of how it must have felt to walk around Seattle. Like when my parents were kids and they lived and they moved over here, not kids, but they were like in their early twenties and moved over here. Like my dad, I, my dad, I believe this story is accurate, told me that when the Sonics won the championship in 1979, he was able to go to the parade and park for free in Seattle, which seems insane now. <coughs> Um, yeah, it's just been kind of cool. I've, I like, you know, sat and, uh, sat like a, like a true artist. I sat and wrote with a cup of coffee this morning. Um, it's been very fun. It's been gray and dreary and rainy and very, I've really enjoyed it. I'm not, I'm not giving it the best sales pitch in the world, but I have truly really enjoyed it. Uh, and yeah, I like Spokane. Do I have any other topics on here? Am I giving you a super short episode? I think I am because I got to go watch football. So thank you all for listening to this uh, podcast. Follow me at the Casey McLean. Come see me do stand up, please. That's the reason I do the podcast. Shout out to Josh Firestein for hooking me up with this nice hotel room. Uh, great guy. Oh, I did a, I did do a roast of a guy named Rob Constantine who turned 40 years old. And so I don't know if Rob listens to this podcast or not, but he's a, he's a comedy buddy of mine who, uh, he was the producer. If you remember a couple months ago, or maybe it was weeks ago, there was a woman that heckled me at a show and I told her that I, uh, hope she drives home drunk and dies. (laughs) And, uh, he was the producer of that show. So, all right. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, Please tell a friend, a loved one, a coworker, and I will talk to you later.